Of course Pistorius got convicted. He didn't have a leg to stand on. I'm Kevin Leeson. They might get a few goats, but in the long run, cheetahs never prosper. I'm Torn Atkinson. Some winning runners are hot shit. Period. I'm Dr. Katie Marshall. It's only fitting that our running episode turned into a marathon. I'm Joe Fulgham, and this is Caustic Soda. Running is a method of terrestrial locomotion allowing humans and other animals to move rapidly on foot, uh, as well as a type of gait characterized by an aerial phase in which all the feet are above the ground. An Uh, aerial phase? What's an aerial phase? Uh, Aerial phase means that it's in the air. And this was proven by Edward Mybridge with his, like, uh, you know, rapid photography thing where he saw all four horses' hooves off the ground in one shot. And it, uh, he was told he was a crackpot when he posited that theory. This is in contrast to walking, where one foot is always in contact with the ground. The legs are mostly kept straight, and the center of gravity vaults over the stance leg or legs in an inverted pendulum fashion. So you can kind of, when you walk, you kind of hobble a little. There was a character that Bill Nye the Science Guy did on Almost Live, the comedy sketch show about a Seattle called Speedwalker. Speedwalker. Speedwalker, the speedwalking superhero. Yes. And he is his... His mantra was heel toe, heel toe. Remember, kids, heel toe, heel toe. <laughs> yeah, I love it. What about skipping? Uh, ooh, skipping would uh, have gray an area. Phase. Gray area. Uh, skipping is probably <laughs> separate from walking and running. I would guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll do our skipping episode sometime. The <laughs> <laughs> the death. Yeah, you know what we'll do? We'll we'll skip that episode. Oh, oh no. <laughs> The modern verb run is a merger of two related Old English words, in both of which the first letters sometimes switch places. That's kind of weird. The first is intransitive renan and irnan, to run, flow, run together. The second is Old English transitive weak verb ernan. I'm going to go earning. And both Ooh. come from the Proto-Indo-European rhinia, nasal, which is a nasalized form of the root ria, to flow or run. Okay. So it's basically been an R Ooh, that's type why of word diarrhea. for quite some time. Di- I that's, think you got it the is. runs. Oh. Diarrhea. I'm, wow. I do, cannot confirm that, but it sounds so right that, yeah, probably. Okay. Phobias. Fear of walking is ambulophobia. Mm-hmm. Who has that? And what do they do about it? Uh, do they just I, run? I, Always? Yeah. <laughs> Crawl. I'm not Always sure. Crawl. Yeah. Always crawl. Mm. And stasibasophobia, or <laughs> stasophobia, is a mental health condition in which a person is convinced that walking or standing is physically impossible. Mm-hmm. So me, first thing in the morning. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The person may also express a morbid distrust of their ability to stand or walk. Stasibasophobia. Like you're going to fall over and die at any moment. I don't know about fall over and die. Morbid distrust? Yeah, I guess so. If I stand up, I'll die. Yeah. I suppose mm. that's true. I'd have to find somebody who knows more than a quick mm. Google search, which is me. Barrel uh, rolling. Just then they barrel roll everywhere. <laughs> in the science, we talked about this, I think, a little in our hominins episode. Okay. Persistence hunting. All right. Yeah, where you just walk slowly after something until there, you catch it. There is running involved. Yeah. So it's in this episode. As hominids adapted to bipedalism, they would have lost some speed, becoming less able to catch prey with short, fast charges. Mm-hmm. They would, however, have gained endurance and become better adapted to persistence hunting. Yeah. Although many mammals sweat, few have evolved to use sweating for effective thermoregulation. Mm-hmm. Humans and horses are being notable exceptions. Mm-hmm. This Sweaty couple- horses. Oh. Right. <laughs> This, coupled with relative hairlessness, would have given human hunters an additional advantage by keeping their bodies cool in the midday heat. Humans are, of course, also uniquely able to carry water to drink while hunting. Yeah, yeah. our humps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And also they now have their hands freed up for like bows and arrows and whatnot. We've got uh, Attenborough on his uh, Life of Mammals actually has a Bushman showing uh, off some some persistence hunting here where he hunts down a kudu until it finally, let's, I'll just jump ahead to the end for you guys. We'll put this video on causticsodapodcast.com in the show notes. And here is the kudu after hours of being chased through the midday sun. Uh, some running, some just generally walking after it. And it's trying to get away from him and just falls on its face because it's it, too tired. It's too tired. It can't no. handle it like it. Well, and it's also overheated is the biggest thing. So human mm. beings are uniquely adapted to really get rid of heat really fast. We sweat more per unit area than any other mammal, mm. which is, I know. I mean, some people more than others, but uh, yeah, in general, we're a little better off. Right. And okay. a kudu is uh, like a mobile foam service of some kind <laughs> right. or something? Yeah. It's like a big uh, gazelle. And Got I don't it. think anybody outside of BC is going to get the uh, kudu reference. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, Ontario. All those or, people oh, are... Yeah, oh, anybody know. outside of Canada. Okay. Thanks, Dr. Katie. And, and we've got Dr. <laughs> Katie in the on the show with us who uh, is a biologist but also runs a lot. Yes. I have competed in 10 races. I've got my 11th in a couple of weeks. So I started when I was wow. eight. Uh, eight. And yes. they're all 100 meters or less? Uh, no, no. Um, so it's more than just running for the bus. I've done several five-kilometer races, 10-kilometer races, and three half marathons most recently what's, uh, this summer. What's the difference between how many meters in a marathon? How many meters in a marathon? Uh, 42 kilometers. Oh. I haven't done a full marathon yet. Um, it, it really kills your Sundays because you end up doing these like long runs of like 30-odd kilometers, take several hours. Who, who really wants to spend their Sunday doing that? And why would anyone want to run that, that long? Oh, we I will agree. get there. Okay. We will get there. Yeah. There are many, many reasons. Yeah. Right. Most of which involve A kudu's food. chasing you. Yes. Uh, yes. Are, are they just like it when their nipples bleed? Yeah. You know, They'd if you're into that. nipples scabby? Scab, scabrous, scabby nipples. Oh, yeah. we're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. So this leads into the endurance running hypothesis. And I'm, gonna, I'm going to really stress, this is a hypothesis, not a theory. Mm-hmm. What it means is this is a thought that fits what we've got, but it hasn't been proven yet. Right. The endurance running hypothesis states that humans mm-hmm. look the way they do with lots of surface area, not so hairy, bipedal, as an adaptation to distance running. Okay. At the back of the neck, there is a nuchal ligament. This stabilizes the head during running, and it's not found in other hominids, only in the homo species. Okay. Ooh, the nuchal ligament. Yeah. So, nuchal. for instance, you can look at Australopithecus, and they do not have this ligament, mm. um, and, it, and it's not found in, like, pan, which is chimpanzees. So, really, it just seems that, that the genus homo, so homo habilis, homo erectus, homo mm-hmm. sapiens being us. Homo milk. <laughs> I have not looked for ligaments in milk. I really hope there aren't I any. I found one once. It was horrible. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ew. Our legs and arms are longer and thinner than other hominids with decreased mass at the distal end. Uh, mm-hmm. So overall, our arms are lighter. Oh, what's, so what's my distal end? The distal end is the end away from you as opposed to the proximal end, which Ooh. is the one closer to you. Yeah, so this is why there are no more Popeye species. Yes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Sorry, get that thinner as we go towards the Bluto should have just run away from him. That's Done right. The op- uh, persistence fleeing. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> He'll never catch me. <laughs> Things also like our, our ankles and wrists tend to be thinner than other mammal species. So mm-hmm. we just tend, and you see the same sort of adaptations in horses, for instance, really long, narrow legs. Mm-hmm. Right. I've often wondered like why we hear about, uh, you know, chimps being super duper strong compared to humans, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't work out. Right, you don't see chimps. I mean, well, granted, they, unless you they count swinging right? from a tree, yeah. right? But they're not like lifting weights and like concentrating on muscle groups to punch people and stuff. But they're super strong, 
And I guess the part of, or the theory, the hypothesis is that our arms got smaller and maybe, I guess, weaker because we didn't need them to run. I think we, that you would be super strong if you had to climb a tree every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Uh, what's chimp strength compared to a human of that size who climbs trees all day? We're going to have to do some science on that. Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, there is the idea that uh, we've become a little more T-Rex-like in our uh, <laughs> <laughs> little arms. Oh. Little tiny yeah. arms, you know, compared to our legs. But Don't skip leg days. Leg days? Yes. What's yeah. a leg day? That's uh, when you work out. You do uh, a body part a day. You do your you legs. Do. You do your back. Oh. You do your chest. You do your arms. And you don't skip leg day is uh, often pointed out when guys are huge and muscly and they have little tiny skinny chicken legs. Oh. Yeah. Because only, you know, uh, women or feminine like people would, would ever work out their legs. So the only people who care is kind I of guess. the yeah, yeah. unfortunate you, idea behind that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> the planter arch acts like a spring returning energy with each step only during running, not walking. Mm -hmm. So it has no benefit that we have that arch for walking, uh, which is probably why it hurts. Uh, we'll get is into the plant arch, the foot arch. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's good. on the underside of the foot. Was. Yeah, so that's involved. We'll <laughs> be talking about some things that can go terribly wrong with that. Yeah, yeah like plantar fasciitis and whatnot. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Sweating, uh, as Dr. Katie noted, humans can sweat more per unit surface area than any other species. Got it. And respiration. Bipedalism means that we don't compress our chest cavities during running, unlike four-legged animals, so we can breathe freely while we're doing it. Oh, so, right. you know, more uh, gas in the tank, so to speak. Well, so what ends up happening with a four-legged animal is that they can only take one breath per per sort of um, cycle, cycle, right? Mm-hmm. And so that really compresses how much oxygen they can take in while they're running. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for humans, because we're not compressing our chest with every step, we can have alternate ways of breathing and, right. and just take in as much air as we our lungs can hold. Rather yes, than when I run, I breathe a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I <laughs> suck wind. Hard. Uh, and I've got some science. Here's some speeds. I'll go through these fairly quickly. Uh, here are some animals that can run faster than us. The t- maximum speed of a human is 37.6 kilometers per hour. Mm-hmm. Dromedary camels can actually only run 35.3 kilometers per hour. So that's faster than most humans, but not the fastest. So, Torn, so, when you're chasing a camel, you got a shot. So the 37.6, that's the fastest any human has ever yes. run? Yeah. So this is not something we can sustain for a long period of time. Right. We're talking about sprinting. This is yes. maximum speed you can reach. Okay. Mm-hmm. The North African ostrich can reach 64 kilometers per hour. It's the Ooh. fastest running bird. <laughs> and that's what they sound like. Greyhounds run at 69 kilometers per hour. Oh, yeah. Whereas a thoroughbred horse can reach 88 kilometers per hour and the pronghorn antelope 89 kilometers oh, per hour. So, oh, just edged them. Just we, edged. The antelope, I guess, can't have a jockey, though, so that's why we don't race them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think so. And well, also getting them to run in a straight line, kind of <laughs> yes. tricky. Well, and, and the, for extended distances. And the pronghorns. <laughs> the pronghorns. You know, mm. you could have like impaled jockeys. Well, that would make the that would make the races more interesting. Oh, no, certainly you, just, you, you can... just hold them by the horns. Oh, oh, oh yeah, but then if uh, somebody stumbles or you get tossed, you know, I could just see these like little you know seventy seven pound jockeys flying in the air and just think. No, That's you, what makes it more exciting. You, yeah, you, you end the race turns, with an entire shish kebab of your enemy yeah. jockeys on yeah. each horn. That's right. Total victory. <laughs> it's like a cross <laughs> between show jumping and uh, the. Uh, Chasing the bulls, no, when, the bulls. In in a future dystopia society, when everything becomes a blood sport, you you know your victory lap has the yeah. heads of your your uh, your vanquished foes on your pronghorn yeah. antelope. Mm. Oh. And cheetahs, the fastest animal on land, can run at 104 kilometers per hour. That is quite a bit faster yep. than everything else. Yeah, yeah. And they actually have unique adaptations to cool their brain from all of the heat that is produced while they're running. Wow. So, yeah, it's uh, just Ooh. staying cool when you're going that fast is a massive, massive wow. difficult thing. Mm-hmm. 
Now, as for endurance running, there's not many that are better than us. Uh, I'm guessing horses are. I don't have their data. But camels can run 16 kilometers per hour for 18 hours straight. Okay. That seems pretty good. They are put to shame by Siberian Huskies who can run for eight days, 19 hours at the average of 184 kilometers per day. Oh, wow. So there's a reason we strap them to our yeah. sleighs and have them pull us around. They're really good at uh-huh. it, and well, they don't get tired. And also think about it. They're actually running in a really cold environment, which is the oh, only reason true, that they're yeah. able to, to be able to do that. Otherwise, it would have massive problems with overheating. Yes, and- they, this would be no problem in Siberia. might be a bit of a problem in Arizona. Oh, yeah. The Siberian yeah. camels would put the Siberian <laughs> huskies to shame. There you go. Oh, there, mm-hmm. there, there was a, a discovery of a fossilized camel somewhere in uh, in a northern climate recently. But- oh. The ice camel. Camel, the yeah. dreaded ice camel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so vicious, we had to hunt them down and kill them all. Yep. Did I say vicious? I meant delicious. Mm. And here's some head-to-head humans versus animals. Uh, Usain Bolt ran the 100 meters in 9.58 seconds. Mm-hmm. A cheetah ran the same distance in 5.8 seconds. Well, that that's surprising. Yeah, like almost twice as fast. Or twice as, uh, or almost they, half the time. Were they going side by side, I hope? I don't believe so. No, no. <laughs> no because that's how you get Usain Bolt mauled, right? right. He started him out first, and then the cheetah just goes, well, I'm oh, chasing that yeah. now. We oh, should yeah. point out Usain Bolt has the world record for sprinting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Usain Bolt ran the 200 meters in 19.19 seconds. A cheetah covered the same distance in 6.9 seconds. That yeah. means the first 100 was 5.8. The second was 0.9. No, no. No, so 1.1. No, no, no. So he would actually pace it a little bit differently to run. So you wouldn't start really fast and then taper off necessarily. But we're talking about the cheetah, not Usain. Oh, right. Right. So the cheetah went, the cheetah went uh, 100 meters in Mm 5.8 and it did 206.9. Yeah. So he's twice the distance in only 1.1 extra seconds. Even the cheetah would probably be pacing it a little bit differently if they're going longer. So they ran it like a distinct hundred and gave it food at the end. And it was like, yeah. (laughs) I don't know the details of the experimental protocol, but, but yeah, in general, you really have to sort of change your, your pace based on your distance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michael Johnson ran the 400 meters in 43.18 seconds compared with 19.2 seconds for a race horse and 21.4 seconds for a greyhound an endurance horse ran a full marathon in one hour 18 minutes and 29 seconds well, that's compared faster than a human that is the human record though is two hours two minutes and 57 seconds uh, it's the record of dennis cometo and i should also point out over longer distances generally humans tend to do better but um yeah with those notable exceptions right mm. I've got a list of why running sucks here. Uh, thank Katie. Uh, everything. <laughs> everything about running sucks. No, uh, no. Case closed. Moving on to the next section. Oh, but there are specific wonderful ways why running sucks. Wonderfully. Okay. The uh, act of putting one foot in front of the other faster than your lungs can propel you to do so. Uh, <laughs> boom. Effort. 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 Sucks. Yes, exactly. Joe, you're on side with me on this Not one, right? Not playing I video really, games. I yeah. really hate. Um, well, at least, actually. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not being able to do anything fun while you're doing it. Yeah. That's right. The only running I like is running while I'm playing road hockey, because I like road hockey, yeah. and I forget that I hate the running part. <laughs> I listen to Caustic Soda while I run. Is that fun? Yeah. Uh, no. I, no. Well, to distract you, it's to distract you from the horrible <laughs> thing that you're doing. Listen, it's like the hurt yourself to distract yourself from yeah, the pain. You exactly. listen to terrible caustic soda. Exactly. Awfulness. <laughs> you have a pain in your stomach, you punch yourself in the head. To ignore mm-hmm. things like fissure of the nipple, um, uh, also known as jogger's nipple. <laughs> Bloody nipple. That sounds yes. like a jogger's nipple sounds like a place. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. In like a place in Newfoundland. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, or New Zealand. <laughs> Right. Or uh, 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 Bloody Nipples. Bloody Nipples. uh, That's a punk band from the Bikini Atoll. 
Yes. Uh, well, their first album. <laughs> which was Ouch, My Nipples Hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Jogger's nipple is a condition in which the nipples bleed, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not uncommon to see shirts stained with the streaks of blood from bloody nipples. It's the result of the friction between the nipple and the runner's shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, runners will often prevent this by putting Band-Aids over their nipples pre-run. I'm guessing that's the second time. The first time you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh, what am I doing? I'm going to put Band-Aids over these I was going to suggest time. pasties. Oh, yeah, that oh, could pasties work Pasties would totally work. Yeah, this... Uh, yeah, with tassels. Yeah, with the tassels, It's of course. something that might not happen during training because generally if you're going to run a half marathon or a marathon, you don't run that full distance before you run the race right so in the race you're running longer there's more chance for friction to occur and so i have a bunch of friends who on facebook will post like a picture of their shirt with like the streaks of blood running no. down the <laughs> we'll, we'll try and get some of those to post on gossipsodapodcast.com <laughs> yep. in the show notes subungual hematoma oh mm-hmm. mm. aka runner's toenail is when your toenails turn black due to the collection of blood underneath the nail. Okay. It is extremely painful and results from repeated separation of the nail plate from the nail bed. Uh, it's not uh, uncommon to uh, lose toenails. Where did that toenail go? This is especially common in runners with a Morton's toe. Torn, tor- they're at the end of your toe. That's oh. where they are. D- don't lose your toenails. They're oh, right there. there. <laughs> Just look down at your feet. You'll find them. So or, I... or the worst case scenario, you'll find them in your shoe. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I have a Morton's toe. Oh. And the Morton's toe is uh, uh Give it back. <laughs> There's Morton. a guy named Morton who's missing a toe because <laughs> of you. There's like nine other people we got to find. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. What's a Morton's toe? A Morton's toe is when your second toe is longer than your, your big toe. Oh, okay. And yeah. it's actually, it's a, a genetic abnormality where, where your big toe just doesn't grow as long as it should. But yeah. it just, it, yeah, so your second toe just kind of pokes out longer than, okay. than your other toes. Yeah. Okay. It's useful for uh, climbing <laughs> trees. Right. The Morton's toe. Right, right. It's a, a genetic a little, adaptation. A little more graspy. Yeah. No, no, you'd want that longer big toe yeah, for climbing trees, I would grip, think. Man. Yeah. You need them like fingers to climb trees and you need them long. So is this because there's no like uh shoe designed for Morton's toe? There's no like super pointy in the middle running <laughs> yeah. shoe? Oh yeah, you do yeah. need that special shoe design. Yeah. Mm. Treatment in tough cases involves trefining. Yeah. Which is, is that drilling... the way... wait wait, wait. Oh. trepanning is yeah. drilling into your head yeah. uh-huh. to free pressure from your brain. It's usually done by mentally ill people. Mm-hmm. Uh trefining is it's not it's not like drilling a hole in your toe, is it? It is. It's it drilling is. a hole in your toe? In your toenail, yeah. God. To release the pressure. Nah. And often what they'll do is they'll take something and heat it up. And I, I know runners who've done this to themselves. They take a needle and they heat it up and they poke it through the, the nail bed. Not recommended to do this by yourself because of Why risk of infection. Why do you need infection. to heat it up? Why can't you just... Uh, it just helps it get through faster. Also, I guess if you burn it, you're going to burn off any possible uh, bacteria that are on it that yeah. you're going to poke into your body yeah. with a needle. And then just like you poke a hole in your nail and then just like blood fountains out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally guessing. Like, that, a, like a needle so thin. Yeah. Thing, tss, I would just it's, see it it's not quite that bad. Like a I think blue whale like... surfacing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, or maybe uh, Jackson Pollock. You know? Oh you know? yeah, that's that's the end result. Yeah, just I'll make sure you have a canvas standing by. It might oh, be the yeah, next big thing. Project. There yeah. you go. Somebody get that on YouTube for us, mm-hmm. would you? Mm-hmm. Uh, shin splints, also known as medial tibial stress syndrome. Mm-hmm. This is pain on the inner edge of the shin bone and generally occurs when a runner increases mileage too quickly. I've totally had this from run, like first uh, few games of the season of playing road hockey because mm-hmm. we stop when it gets cold outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, come back in the spring and just running, and all of a sudden I've got these shin splints walking up stairs and it hurts. It's caused by repeated 
head trauma to the connective tissue surrounding the tibia. So right? it's not actually the bone. It's the tissue around oh, the Oh, we'll get yeah. to the bone. <laughs> Getting to the bone. <laughs> oh, my. That's what she said? <laughs> now, a stress fracture, a small hairline fracture that occurs in weight-bearing bones, particularly the tibia, mm-hmm. shin uh-huh. bone, mm-hmm. and foot bones, metatarsals and navicular bones. Connected to the shin <laughs> bone. Occurs as a result of repeated stress, particularly when muscles fatigue and don't function well as shock absorbers. Aha. Uh-huh. Prevention is key. Don't increase mileage too fast. So, wait, Kevin. So your muscles that are supposed to act as shock absorbers just at some point in time just give up and they just go kind of all loosey goosey and they're just like, oh, fuck it, I'm done. Yeah. Yep. You know, and you, then all that stress goes into your bone. You have pushed me as hard as I will stand. What's the? Uh, I mean, do you, it, what would be the physical symptom of that? Knowing that your muscles have gone to their nth degree, and now you should stop. Horrible running. pain. Pain. Uh, so I've experienced this on runs. I decided to do like this running challenge where I ran twelve kilometers a day for four days in a row. And sort of by the third day, while I was running, instead of you kind of you sort of bounce when you run usually, and you can right. feel like you know you're kind of bouncing from step to step. Instead of bouncing, it was just every footfall was just like thud. Thud. Oh. <laughs> slap. Slap like you got yeah. flippers. Like you got yeah. flippers instead of feet. Your springs are all gone. Yeah, so you're just yeah. like, dunk, dunk, dunk. It was not a comfortable feeling. No. Did you stop running? No. Oh, yeah. Of course not. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was not a comfortable feeling running 12 kilometers. Didn't stop running. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's when you're running, you're used to not being comfortable. Like, oh, no. We will get to why I did not stop running. Because you're a junkie. Yeah. Maybe. Because you're a junkie. You're Maybe. looking for the <laughs> Oh, yeah. There's also DOMS, which is Delayed Onset Muscle Soreness. Oh, well, I love it when you have an acronym yeah. for something horrible, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you know, I've got DOMS. I got the oh, DOMS. you like to get whipped in the butt? <laughs> yeah. This is achy muscles a day or two after exercise. It's still under investigation, but it's definitely not caused by lactic acid buildup, which is mm. normally why you've got sore muscles. Yeah. Maybe a result of micro tears in muscle tissue. Uh, more exercise actually helps with the pain, as does ice, time, and rest. Are you sure it's not pronounced micro tears, as in you're crying sure. because you're so no, sore? No, those are macro tears. Macro. Definitely. That's what I. Yeah. <laughs> Your muscles are crying. They're just like, don't do this to me anymore. Uh, <laughs> I should point out, lactic acid buildup happens during the run. It's okay. not something that occurs afterwards. So this is a result of anaerobic metabolism. So you're not getting enough oxygen to actually fuel oxidative metabolism. Mm-hmm. So that's why your muscles ache while you're running. Okay. Yeah. Plantar fasciitis. Uh Uh-huh. I know people who've had this before. Yeah. Pain in the heel and the underside of the foot most commonly felt right after getting out of bed. Mm -hmm. Runners will hobble to the bathroom in the morning. It is usually caused by too much running and is believed to be the result of micro tears Uh to the plantar fascia, Uh which is a thick band of connective tissue running the length of the foot. Ooh, what's the song? What's their hit? What's a, what's that band's hit? What's uh, their hit song? No, thick band. <laughs> the thick. They, it's it's the Screaming Trees. Oh, they were a thick they're, band. Were they? Yeah, they're very heavy gentlemen. Very heavy gentlemen. Good music, but very heavy. I saw them live. Oh, they, okay. they, they were heavy. They were heavy. They were they they opened for the Ramones at the Commodore when I saw them, and that's a, that is a discrepancy. That's a thick band. Yeah, that is a thick band. Okay. Uh, right before a thin band. So this one is actually particularly bad for older male runners who are having prostate problems. Oh, so they have to get up in the middle of the night to pee, oh. and and you're like, oh no, I have to pee really suddenly, and you get out of bed and you just fall over. It's hobble time. Yeah. Oh, that's that's the thick bands uh, hit. <laughs> hobble time. It's hobble time. Thud. I look forward to old age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, the we're, hobbling. We're already there. Forward, Kevin. Forward. Oh, oh but the uh, Spider-Man villain, the Hobbling Goblin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Hobbling. I'll get you, Spider-Man, as soon as I get up off the floor. <laughs> Exercise-induced cardiomegaly, mm-hmm. a.k.a. athletic heart syndrome. Mm. It's not a disease, but a normal physiological adaptation to increased athletic activity where the heart increases in size. Mm-hmm. Super uh, hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since the heart is larger, it delivers more blood with each stroke, which tends to decrease the heart rate. Uh, resting heart rate in athletes is generally lower compared with non-athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie's is around 52 beats per minute. Which puts me in the 99th percentile of all women, So, which is kind of good, I guess. But right. there's weird side effects. Like, yeah, I, I wake up sometimes and I stand up and I just sort of pass out a little bit. So, yeah, so I'm not delivering enough oxygen to my brain. I have to be kind of careful. But you have a super heart. Shouldn't that deliver more? It just takes, because of the lower heart rate, it takes a bit more time to to sort of equalize where the blood is in my body. So So instead of just kind of going thud, 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 giving a nice steady trickle, it goes thud and gives you a bunch and then waits and then goes thud. And you're like, no, I need oxygen right now. Yeah, oxygen, please. And then you fall over. But after a while of it doing a little more thuds, Mm. you're fine, yeah. Yeah. Now, but this is because of all your running that your heart rate is Your heart's a muscle, right? And you use it when you perform any kind of aerobic exercise. And when you use a muscle, it gets bigger and stronger. So, but is this the reason why you always hear about a guy who like ran 10 miles a day who like drops dead from a heart attack? Ah, well, we could get to that, but uh, there's multiple reasons why that happens. So Uh in younger runners, it tends to be that there's some sort of underlying heart abnormality to begin with. And Mm -hmm. so it's just in a race, all of a sudden something happens. In older people, it it tends to be related to atherosclerosis. So they have a little bit of like thickening of the arteries, a chunk breaks off and then, and then blocks a blood right. vessel. So. so it could just be that like they were going to have a heart attack at mm-hmm. some point and they just happened to be running at the time, which is... Because they always it's run. It's more likely because you're using your, your heart more, but also like not running might not have saved them from it, right? Is what you're saying? Well, pro- yeah, not running would probably put them at greater risk. Okay. But uh, yeah, the, the kind of funny thing is that there's been all these heart attacks during um, marathons and half marathons. And so it gets all this attention that, oh, running will, will kill you because you'll have a heart attack because all these... There's been something yes. like 60 runners in the last 10 years. I believe that to be true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it turns out that your survival rate, if you have a heart attack in a marathon, is actually higher. In the immortal words of a great philosopher, I choose not to run. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like a little risk now to have um, a healthier life overall. That's right. That's why I don't yeah. run and I don't surf. Shark <laughs> attacks and heart attacks. Right. Mm-hmm. Shark heart attacks. Mm-hmm. Hyponatremia. Okay, all right. Uh, this is something to do with needles. Mm-hmm. One uh, of the commonest, if that's a word, negative of health effects from running is exercise-associated hyponatremia. Okay, okay. People drink too much water and end up salt-deprived, which can cause coma and death. Oh. 13% of Boston Marathon finishers had hyponatremia in 2002. Okay. So this is really common because people think, oh, I'm exercising. I need to drink more water, more water, mm-hmm. more water. And so what ends up happening is they're not, they're sweating out all their salts mm-hmm. and only taking water in at the same time. So they should so. be drinking seawater. Uh, this is part of why Gatorade, for instance, says that you should be drinking Gatorade rather than electrolytes uh, than water. Yeah, so electrolytes. Um, or you could also, um, now people tend to take gels or they take gummies while they're running, and those have a little bit of salt in them. Every time mm-hmm. I need electrolytes, to stick my finger in a socket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I end up actually with runs, I will get really, um, just kind of really, like, sort of out of it and, and not in kind of a good runner's highway. 
And um, it, so I actually talked to my doctor and he suggested um, taking a little bit of salt per before each run. And this is mm. um, some races will actually hand out like little salt packets and, and that sort of thing to help okay. avoid this. That's, Yum. That seems like the kind of thing you do not want to be ingesting while you're running. Like, Just eat some chips. My, I, get, I get cotton mouth at the best of times, right? Like, oh, goos are terrible. It's like this, like packet of like gooey, white, creamy stuff that you just have to swallow, and it's terrible. And yeah, I yeah, and it's like kind of warm. Oh, it's the worst possible thing. That well, mid run. It sounds like white and gooey. Yeah, yeah. That you just have to. And it's a lot. All Close your once. eyes and swallow it. Yeah. 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 Just wash it down with whatever you got, man. It's good no. for you, Kevin. No. Drink it up. Yeah. Next mm. time you're out running. Protein shake. <laughs> Runner's trots. <laughs> We're not talking about their gait. Uh, but this is this is when you, instead of running, you ride a horse. Right. <laughs> right? That's what I would do. Yes. Yeah. When you run on a horse. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm on the back of a horse, and my legs are just are going. So I'm running while the horse is trotting. Well, you have to have more horses in a line in front of you. Okay. To because you got you can't just run from one end of the horse to the other. That's too short. You just no exercise. Oh, there. you're like running on the back of a horse. Yeah, you got a circle. Horses. You got a circle of horses that are all trotting in a circle, and you're running in the opposite direction. Ah. What, what is the point of this? This is just <laughs> this is runners trots. <laughs> It's a barbaric cultural practice. That's okay, right. I got it. Up to two-thirds of runners experience cramping, gas, and diarrhea. It's thought to be the result of intestinal irritation since blood is diverted to the legs during long races okay. uh, or potentially due to electrolyte imbalances during races since you sweat so much. Right. In 2005, Paula Radcliffe, arguably the world's best female marathoner, stopped at mile 22 of the London Marathon and in front of TV and millions of viewers passed her diarrhea. She okay. recovered and won the race by more than five minutes. Uh, and uh, wow, that's a long. She could have. Actually... Here we go, guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh, and there we are. And there we are. Anymore. Oh, that's horrifying. Oh yeah. And then she just starts running again. <laughs> and she won. She won. I don't think won. I've Serious. ever pooped that quickly in my life. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is such diarrhea. Uh, no wipes. Uh, no wipes. And that video will be up in the show. Notes. I tell you what. I tell you what. I guarantee you, uh, whoever put their sponsor like on her running shorts, <laughs> whoever put their sponsor on that is like, oh no, that is not what we were hoping for. She needs Imodium as a new sponsor. Yes. Uh. <laughs> uh, she said afterwards, I want to apologize to the nation. I had to stop. I didn't know how far I was in front, said Radcliffe. Knowing that her tel- that television was beaming coverage of her discomfort worldwide, yeah. I didn't really want to resort to that in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Sure, she did. It was her plan well, all along. Oh, and, yeah, exactly. And, and everybody, when they're a little girl, uh, d- just starting out running marathons, dreams of pooping on uh, international television. And I don't have any video of this, but in 1996, Uta Pipig won the Boston Marathon for the third time after nearly dropping out due to period cramps. Okay. She crossed the finish line with blood and diarrhea dripping down her legs, then blew kisses to the crowd. (laughs) I had some problems with my period, Pippig Pippig said shyly. I didn't expect it would become this worse. Mm. Diarrhea. It felt not so nice, so I used up a lot of water around me so that I looked better, and also for my legs that I could clean it up a bit. Mm -hmm. Sure. She's like, well, what are you doing? Don't put the water in your mouth. Put it down your pants. For me, it's the blowing kisses to the crowd afterwards. (laughs) I'm so lovely. My public. Now for the conclusion of this talk on pressure sores.
Stop it! Heat stress during races is a common and can be devastating. Okay. In the 2007 Chicago Marathon, there was one death, 300 cases of heat stroke, 49 people sent to the hospital, and of 45,000 entrants, only 10,000 did not even attempt the race, and the, they, just, they didn't even show up. And the remaining 35,000, only 24,000 actually finished. So 49,000 registered, mm-hmm. 35,000 showed up. 35,000 said, okay, we'll race. We'll yeah. race, and 24,000 didn't finish. And it was uh, 31 Celsius that day, 88 Fahrenheit. So right. a hot day, but not, not killer hot, but yep. still 26 miles. It's too hot to run a marathon. Yes. Uh, so when I ran my half marathon in Taiwan this summer, it was 32 when I started. Mm. And I mean, they had ice and they had water available. There were mm-hmm. uh, somewhere uh, around 850 of us runners mm-hmm. and 30 of them from the Facebook group afterwards, it was reported 30 ended up in hospital. Wow. While I was racing, there were people around me like dropping. And you uh, kept running. Well, you know, once you've run like 15 kilometers, I'm like, I'm not going to stop. It was also a there and back. So if I wanted to get the food at the end, I had to keep going. Uh, I see. I it's just little... stopped where I wasn't turned around at least. <laughs> to care at the end of the stick yeah. sort of I think what thing. we learn here is that running breaks your brain. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. I mean, I ran basically with a pack of ice in my hand the entire time to, to cool down. But uh, yeah, it was it was not the most well-planned. I don't know why they would start one at 32 degrees in the heat of the day. It seemed like Yeah, like what time planning. of the day did you start? Five o'clock. Five o'clock a.m.? PM. Oh, PM. p.m. Yeah, so when I signed oh, up, I was like, 5 p.m. start, that's great, you know? It's not like one of these horrible early morning ones. This is perfect for me. Yeah. <laughs> but it would have been probably less hot at 5 a.m. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Uh, Taiwan, uh, Taiwan it to be colder. Oh. <laughs> Hitting the wall is the feeling of sudden extreme exhaustion that runners get during a running event. Runners have been known to literally crawl across the finish line. I've got video of this as well. I've Too seen this, exhausted yeah. to do anything else. Physiologically, it happens when blood sugar plummets during a race due to depletion of the glycogen. And mm-hmm. here's here's this video. And uh, the, yeah. fir- the first one starts fairly quickly into it. There's a little bit of talking. And then on the left. Oh, yeah. Just, Just can't, you can't, and you can, can't do it. You can see his And legs. I know his brain is yeah. working, right? Like, yeah. you can see that he's like, no, got to go. And, uh, and his body's like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. There, there's been lots of examples of this where you watch people crawl across the finish line. Yeah, I've I've experienced uh, hitting the wall. It is, it is unpleasant. It's just like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Suddenly, not fine. <clears throat> and uh, I haven't had it so bad that I had to physically crawl, but I've definitely stopped and walked. And you're just kind of... You're kind of in this weird brain fog as well. Like, you just can't think right. It seems less like you've hit the wall and more like the wall hits you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This happened to me, like, every night at 2 in the morning. Oh, really? I hit the wall. I just have to go to bed. Got it. Got it. From all of your half marathoning Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night? Usually it's surfing the internet, but yes. All right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Half marathon for your fingers. Takes a lot of calories to do that clicking. Yeah. And now, to follow that up, we've got why running doesn't suck. Because that was all the reasons it does suck. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot of reasons. And why running doesn't suck? You get really, really high. (laughs) All right. Runner's high. There are two classes of compounds that seem to contribute to the runner's high, endocannabinoids and endorphins. Mm, So do you want to give us a brief description of what those are? Uh, Sure. So endorphins are an opioid uh, that's produced by your body naturally, and they bind to the mu opioid receptors. Mm. And basically, they're released in response to any kind of pain. So Ah. if you've been running and it hurts, at some point, you will hit a point, probably, hopefully, uh, where you start producing these opioids, which just like morphine, they make you feel euphoric, they make you feel mm-hmm. great, they help you ignore the pain. 
I thought it was just the you know the last uh, um, seaborne mammal that is like super intelligent. Endorph. <laughs> no, it's the endolphin. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes. Sorry. I get those all the time. Oh. And then, of course, the endocannabinoids. Uh, these are cannabinoids just like THC or other products you might find in cannabis-related products mm-hmm. that bind to cannabinoid receptors. And so uh, those don't seem to be related to pain, but they, they seem to be more related to any kind of stress. And humans produce those, and it's fantastic. And uh, the research I've seen, it's, it's harder to study endorphins because they're, they're not, um, they don't, they don't cross a blood-brain barrier, so you have right. to try and figure out how much is in your brain. With endocannabinoids, they f- they can cross a blood-brain barrier really easily, so you can just take a blood draw, and those are better studied. Mm. Um, about 30 minutes of running at sort of a moderate pace, nine mm. kilometers an hour, you should be getting your, your endocannabinoids. Mm. I have, after a long run, so like 15, 16 kilometers, I have felt high like for the rest of the day. Like mm. I'm just kind of in this sort of happy, I don't really know what's happening, but I'm happy <laughs> and I'm good, <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's just kind of this like fantastic thing that can happen. So. I I have been there after because there have been times in my life when I've been in better shape than I am now. Not mm-hmm. great, but still, you know, playing mm-hmm. a lot of road hockey, getting a lot of walks in and stuff. And I've certainly had that time where I felt great. Still not worth it. <laughs> still not worth it. Uh, so it's not just humans that get the runners high. Researchers compared the effects of 30 minutes of running in humans, dogs, and ferrets and found that dogs, which are also adapted for distance running, also produce endocannabinoids after running, while ferrets, which are not adapted to distance running, did not. What about in dolphins? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't have that study. <laughs> it is an odd choice to pick a ferret, right? <laughs> like, I mean, you've got all the animals in the kingdom to compare am- humans, dogs, and Ferrets. Well, they were asked for guinea pigs, but, oh, the, yeah. but the supplier got confused. So no. the, the hard part is picking an animal that will run, but isn't really adapted for distance running. So there have been studies, for instance, in mice that um, that habitually run, and they'll produce endocannabinoids as well. Right. Um, but yeah, how many animals are there that, that aren't really running adapted, but you can cause to run in an experimental setup? They tried to get the ferrets to run on the treadmill, according to the paper. Mm-hmm. The ferrets did not want to. So. Clearly. Yeah. No, ferrets don't even run. They just kind of like inchworm. Yeah. Because they're so long. Yeah, so how do you keep a ferret running? You just like light a fire behind them or something? Uh, it was right? a little but... unclear in the paper, to be honest. <laughs> you slope the floor slowly, yeah. slowly, slowly. <laughs> so they have to either run up or I fall into the pit. From what I understand, they kind of left them in like an open area and then just compared those ferrets to the ferrets that are sort of you know running around a little bit compared to the ferrets that uh, were just kind of kept in a cage yeah they just yeah. they had all the ferrets in a big room then they released the puma <laughs> there you go. the slightly slower puma <laughs> health benefits of running from uh-huh. runner's world oh uh, of course uh, so where is runner's world is it past mars is it uh <laughs> it's right next to s- chuck e cheese wherever oh. it is we'll never catch it okay yeah it just, just send all the runners to another planet i'm on side with this plan whoever came up with this is genius running makes you happier that's what we just heard mm, from that's Katie. debatable oh yeah what makes that's some people debatable. happy debatable <laughs> it makes your feet a lot less happy Yeah, that's true. Uh Many studies show exercise like running can instantly lift the mood of someone suffering from a major depressive order, help people cope with anxiety and stress even after they're done working out. But I thought they tell you... sleep quality, mood, and concentration during uh, the way. I'm pretty sure they tell you not to run away from your problem. Oh, well. Mm. I think this is like any exercise, though, right? I could could just play Connect and it would be the same thing. Is Connect exercise? Wait, I thought for a second oh, you meant... Oh, Xbox, I thought you were talking about Connect 4 for oh, some that's reason. That's exactly what I thought, too. <laughs> yeah, playing Connect 4 while I'm running around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Connect Four is not exercise. <laughs> Running helps you get skinnier. Okay, it that's burns true. More calories per unit time than just about any other exercise. There you go. Mm. Studies have shown that regular exercise boosts afterburn, which I believe is a transformer. Mm. That is the number of calories you burn after exercise. Yes. That. Scientists call this EPOC, which stands for excess post oxygen consumption. Right. All right. That's when you like, if you do some sort of like exercise, but you're still sweating like an hour and a half later. Yeah, and also your body is doing things like, you know, shuttling glucose back into your muscles as glycogen. It's uh, doing things like mm -hmm. repairing micro tears in your muscles. All of those things require excess calories to do, right? Yeah, so. the damage that you've done to yourself <laughs> yeah. takes calories yeah. to repair. There you go. Continues to burn. Just, instead of running, I just stab myself in the leg. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's going to burn some calories. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> medically that. recommended, definitely. <laughs> Running strengthens your knees and your other joints and bones. It also weakens your knees and joints and other no. bones. I've... No, it actually doesn't. Yeah. Well, then how come I know so many people who run who've like blown their ankles and blasted out their knees and whatnot? Running increases bone mass and even helps stem age-related bone loss. Mm -hmm. Despite the common belief that running is bad for your knees, science shows that it's not. In fact, studies show that running improves knee health, according to Boston University researcher David Felsen. So we should also, also sort of discriminate here between running and like running as part of a sport like soccer or, or another... Or something else, because what ends up happening during like soccer is you can slip and and fall on the grass, or if you're playing rugby or something, people push you over, and mm -hmm. so all of that can cause trauma to the knees. That's unrelated that is to the, the actual running. description of tackling in rugby <laughs> I've ever heard. In rugby, people will push you over. I hate. I don't play team sports. I don't know what happens. Uh, I just. <laughs> well, I tackled a guy once and hyperextended his knee backwards, oh. and I'm sure it wasn't the same afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, running's bad. Yeah. yeah. So uh -huh. what? <laughs> so you have to kind of make sure that you separate those two groups, people who just sort of run without the threat of being tackled. Um, there are It is in, also entirely possible while running to slide on ice, to have other ways that would cause trauma to the knees that isn't n due to the running itself, if that makes sense. Okay. Running. What if you're running and somebody comes out with one of those extendable batons, bam, running caused your knee to go up? Oh, like Nancy Kerrigan. Right. right. <laughs> yes. Right. Running will keep you sharper, even as oh, you age. You will actually get sharp yeah. on like one like side. Your ankles, because from, of the friction, your ankles get super pointy. No, from That's cutting right. through the wind. So yeah. your like nose now is like. That's right. One you know. time I ran through a dust storm. <laughs> I came right. out with a pointy head. <laughs> <laughs> Studies consistently found that fitter older adults scored better in mental tests than their unfit peers. Well, it would be awesome though if you actually like because you run with your arms like this. If they became like a knife edge, oh, right? like Terminator T one thousand, like a T one thousand, yeah, and you could just slice things with your forearms. That'd be great. We will be talking about the Blade Runner later. Oh, yes. yeah. <clears throat> What's more, in stroke patients, regular exercise improves memory, language, thinking, and judgment problems by almost fifty percent. Again, regular exercise doesn't have to be running. Yeah, the research yeah. <laughs> team found significant improvements in overall brain function at the conclusion of the program, with the most improvement in attention, concentration, planning, and organizing. At least running is a little easier to do. It's very accessible. You need a pair of shoes and, and that's about it to go out the door. So I think uh, people like to recommend running because it's it's easy. It's not, it doesn't require any special facilities. You don't have to it, get scuba gear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and some people don't even use shoes, right? I mean, every once in a while, some crazy oh, Kenyan yeah. shows up with no shoes, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, um, Bekala, Bilika, I forget his name exactly, but someone ran a marathon barefoot i think he's placed very very well and so there's actually been a movement towards barefoot running yeah it goes along with like decades. paleo diets yeah you have a paleo diet and yeah. paleo marathon 
Yeah, I, uh, I think we'll talk about Born to Run in a little bit. But the idea is that by running barefoot, you're strengthening your feet um, and it can help reduce or, or, or cause fewer running related injuries. The problem is, so people have been just testing this now um, for the first time in the last mm. decade. They yeah. find that people get just as injured. They, it's just to get injured differently if yeah. they barefoot run. Well, there is pavement. Payment is a problem for barefoot yeah. running, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I took, when I was in high school, I took a karate for a little bit and yeah. we had like total gung ho sensei who was like, he felt like a military guy. Yeah. He made us run on the street barefoot. Oh. Uh, that mm. happened once. Mm. And then my PE teacher at school phoned him up when I couldn't run at school afterwards because of that. And that stopped. Yeah. 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 Um, there was a study recently showing that there's fewer uh, running related injuries in a barefoot runner, but they actually run less miles or less kilometers mm. overall. And so what it seems like is that the rate of injury is actually higher per unit time. They just run less because it hurts more. Well, 50,000 years mm. ago yeah. when they were chasing, you know, uh, kudu. kudu across <laughs> the Serengeti, you didn't have like, you know, broken beer bottles and syringes to worry about either. No, no, no. No, no. but branches and rocks though. <laughs> yeah. 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 Running reduces your risk of cancer. A vast review of 170 epidemiological studies in the Journal of Nutrition showed that regular exercise is associated with lower risk of certain cancers. Again, you can go swimming. Right. Sure. Running adds years to your life. Studies show that when different types of people started exercising, they lived longer. Smokers added 4.1 years to their horrible, horrible lives. <laughs> Non-smokers gained three. Even if you're still smoking, you'll get 2.6 more years. Cancer survivors extended their lives by 5.3 years. Those with heart disease, 4.3. Yeah. Hey, go. smokers, uh, if you do a pack a day, that's like over 1,200 packs you can get in with those extra four yeah. years. That, mm -hmm. But then they'll say, oh, well, I'm running now. I can smoke more. Probably. Right. I do what you want, man. <laughs> Just know that it's dumb. I've got a list of weird races here, and some of these are Oh, fantastic. hold on, Joe. I don't approve of this at all. No? I don't approve of talking about weird races. Why? Uh, because I like people from the, the uh, all continents. Yep. Right? You know, I don't call any races weird. I see. They're all, they all like are special well, in their own beautiful snowflake kind of way. As we know, Joe is a weird racist. Yeah. First weird race, white guys like Kevin. Ah, <laughs> we're proud of it. Okay, man versus horse marathon. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. The man versus horse marathon is an annual race over 22 miles. It's slightly sh shorter than it, a regular It ends marathon. after the first point one mile when all the horses <laughs> kick the people to death. Where runners compete against riders on horseback. The oh, race okay. takes place in the Welsh town of Lenerted Wells every June. The event started in 1980 when local landlord Gordon Green overheard a discussion between two men in his pub, the New Ad Arms. <laughs> One man suggested that over a significant distance across country, man was equal to any horse. Okay. Green decided that the challenge should be tested in mm -hmm. full public view and All organized right. the first event. Like, okay. any, like every good event, it's drunk with in a, a pub. In a, in a bar. <laughs> what yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. So it's been run 36 times now. Wait. Okay, yeah, that's 36 years right. ago, okay. How many times have the humans won? 34. Actually, it's, uh, would, do you think the humans won 34 times? No, horses won 34 Oh, yes, the, that's exactly right. The oh, horses, really? The horses won, <laughs> the humans only won two. 
Oh, oh, but was it close the other 34 times? Uh, okay, so I've, I can link to the Wikipedia page yeah. that will give you all the results. Some yeah. of them are actually fairly close. Some of the humans came in faster than some of the previous horses and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but only on two years did a human beat all the horses of that Although, that to be fair, the horses have human riders, so I feel like, that's you it. know, the horses are working extra hard for this. Yeah, oh, so, so you the think humans be, should have a horse on the, top of that's it. That's right. In order to be fair, they need to carry a horse. Kevin, I think you will like this weird race. Okay. The Beer Mile. I'm, I'm not a big fan of beer, but, you know, oh, okay. I can have a, a vodka soda. Sure. Per mile. No, no, it's against no. the rules. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. This was a movie starring Tom hmm. Hanks. Mm. Beer Mile? Oh, the... yeah. It's set on death row. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. set, set in, the, in the death row at a brewery. A Beer Mile is a drinking race combining running and speed drinking. Typically, the race takes place on a standard 400-meter or quarter-mile running track. Uh-huh. The race begins at the one-mile starting line with the consumption of a 12-ounce, 355-milliliter beer, so a can of beer, a can of beer, followed by a full lap around the track. Mm-hmm. The second lap continues in a similar manner with a can of beer drunk and then the lap. Yeah. And then it's repeated for the next two laps. Following the completion of the fourth running lap and four beers, a competitor has finished the race. Now, so that's why it gets all that foamy beer yeah. bullshit oh, yeah. in your stomach. It's got there's going to be a lot of people yakking up beer right. foam. So there's rules about that. Yeah. <laughs> Standard North American rules specify that any competitor that vomits prior to finishing the race must complete a penalty lap oh. immediately following the fourth lap. The penalty lap does not require the drinking of an additional beer. Now, <laughs> there's also some rules like you can't shotgun. You have to actually just open the can and pour it. Uh, and drink it. Right. The beer must be uh, full strength, at least 5% alcohol by volume. Uh-huh. Uh, hard ciders and other alcoholic beverages are generally not allowed. Right. So how do you win the race? You finish it fastest. Okay. <laughs> you but drink like any so you, don't get, you get more points. You don't get more points from drinking more? No, because they, they all drink the same amount. They all drink the same amount. They all drink the same amount of beer. It's just how fast you can complete the race. That's with all not that manly. Fo- with all that foamy beer bullshit in your stomach? Oh, I would not like that at all. No. I barely like it sitting on a bar stool. I found this just at the end of research, so I don't have a lot of summary of it. So I'm going to include a link in the show notes to this uh, website, exercisingwhileintoxicated.wordpress.com, where he talks about the Beer Every Mile San Francisco Half Marathon. 13 beers, 13 miles, and him doing it. And it's a pretty great write-up. So I'm just going to put the link. Go read that. So it's not just the the one mile with four beers. Uh, they did 13 miles, 13 beers. I mean, at this Oof. rate of beer consumption, you're not even drunk by the time you're done the race, right? Because your body's probably burning it for, for energy, uh, right? Like no. it hits your... Uh, honestly, I mean, the, the world record is what? Four minutes, 17 seconds? Like, it hasn't even gotten absorbed by your stomach yet oh, okay. in that in that time period. So apparently what happens is you finish the race and you get really drunk really fast okay. afterwards. Mm. So oh, I'm, that's bad. Sounds like yeah. a good time. Yeah, so... With the half marathon, though, one, you know, a mile you could run, you know, in six minutes or so, give mm-hmm. or so. So you are probably pretty drunk by about halfway through, okay. I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also the ride and tie race. Ride okay. and tie. What do you think this is, Kevin? Oh. Uh, is it related to Dom's? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's tied and ridden. Uh, uh, the ride and tie is uh, uh, you, you run in a suit and tie. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Torn. Uh, ride and tie. Well, it's about running, so it's not about riding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you said you're wearing a tie. Wearing a suit and tie. I'm like, you. oh, I know what it is. What? <laughs> it's, in a, it's in a rodeo. Oh, okay. And you've got the your lariat. 
Uh-huh. And uh, you're riding a horse through a marathon and trying to grab as many oh, ro- it's like, runners as it's you like can with your roping. lasso. It's calf roping at a rodeo yes. only for marathon runners. <laughs> exactly right. Got That's it. the ride and tie. Got it. You win if you don't end up hogtied at the end of, before you get to the finish line. <laughs> ride and tie is actually a sport combining running, horse riding, endurance, and strategy. Teams consist of two runners Oh, this is something and that was invented. Horse. This was invented in like 1899 for like, you know, officers <laughs> in the British military. Possibly. Yeah. Teams consist of two runners and one horse who compete on a 20 to 100 mile course by leapfrogging one another. Uh-huh. One person starts on the horse, the other on foot. After a previously arranged time has passed, the person on the horse gets off, ties the horse to a tree, and then takes off running. Uh-huh. The first runner then catches up to the horse, unties it, and trots or gallops down the trail. Yeah. When the horse partner reaches the runner, the person on the horse can then either get off and exchange with the other partner, a flying tie, Ooh, right. or can ride on past him and then right. tie the horse up like he did, and they just keep leapfrogging. Right. Partners do this for the entire distance, and each team learns to maximize the different members' strengths and weaknesses to their advantage. Oh, this is a, this is like kind of a kooky relay. Yeah. It's like it's strange but interesting. You don't like, yeah, you don't yeah. hand off a baton; you hand off a horse. Yeah. Yeah. The horse hands yeah. off you. Yeah, yeah precisely. <laughs> I have a friend who uh, who does this, and she what? has a fantastic time. I know. Yeah, it. Uh, they do have races. I think, if not here, I think in Oregon, mm. it's a big ride and tie kind of. Oh. Area. The strategy part of it does intrigue me. Like mm-hmm. run—that's the thing about running to me. Running is just you just run. Mm. Yeah. Right. Oh no, there is strategy in running. Pacing, like oh, totally. Yeah. You have thrown some obstacles. You have to throw down some like uh, you know caltrops, mm. right? Oh, you yeah, gotta yeah, like yeah. dodge. <laughs> you gotta like you know uh, have the swinging tires. You have to get through. I really want marathons to be more like. You know, American Gladiators. No, like an old Activision uh, <laughs> video like, game. Pitfall? Pitfall. Or like Tough yeah. Mudder. You yeah. guys have heard of Tough Mudder, right? Yeah, yeah. Correct. yeah, so that's the one where you're running, I think it's like 15 kilometers or so, depending on the snakes, race. Are there snakes, though? Are there pits uh, of snakes? There are pits of ice water, pits of mud. mud. Uh, there's a part where you get electrocuted. You have to crawl under live wires. I Yeah, yeah, yeah. they do this in Whistler, and yeah. they're sort of all over. Yeah, I've heard of this. There was one, one of these adventure races in France, apparently, where there was manure in the mud pit and so all these runners ended up with like horrible infections oh, oh so. nice nipple infections too because yeah, the nipples probably. were bleeding probably oh, no. the horse manure nipple infections yeah. and then they get all puffed up uh, uh, nobody likes a puffy nipple no. I, I, that's I not true their website's dedicated to puffy <laughs> oh, nipples okay. that's right <laughs> I, I don't judge on naturally puffy nipples but if it's because of a fucking bloody nipple shit infection that's bad words of wisdom Tune in next week for the exciting conclusion to this episode of Caustic Soda. And we'll have more gross facts for you. And you'll have things you want to hear about. We will too. Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while being gnawed on by rabbit weasels. To comment on episodes and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. 
Support us at patreon.com slash caustic soda. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. I'm Clueless Larspawn. Thanks for listening. Through the night, through the dawn, <laughs> behind you another runner is born. Don't look back, 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 you've been there. See the mist as your breath hits the air. And it's underneath the moonlight. Mm, your heart beats in the moonlight like a drum. And you will do that thing. Do, 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 la, la, bling. And you will always <laughs> cross the line. Nice. Passing the flame. <laughs> <laughs>